What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Boutique Podcast. That's right. We are back for November. What is it? The second. It is. No longer spooky season. Our new intro is now gone. By the way, Joshua, we're going to need an intro for the holidays. Just saying. I don't know if he's going to be watching this. But either way, we've got a special <laughs> guest with us tonight. But before we get to her, my co-hosts, Aka. Mr. Messiah Complex Cosplay, how are you doing, Gio? I'm very well. Apparently, we're having a fruit off in the chat. Uh, Victoria has already got her melons out. Uh, melons out of races, Megan. But then Tiffany is throwing in some avocado, which apparently uh, our guest has a connection with. So I, I love guess, avocados. <laughs> I guess there's going to be some, uh, some avocado versus the melons today. Because, I mean, I don't think an avocado is a melon. I don't know. What is, what is an avocado? Anyway, what class of fruit is an avocado that we know yeah it's a beans, very beans the magical fruit my melons never go away says victoria uh jack perkins that was fun yeah i mean we do the gil we do the the pre-show every every single time but only for 15 minutes on instagram and then the whole rest of the show is here on youtube so uh it's a stone fruit i don't know what that means but sure let's go up Arcane Orises, they're gross. Which? The avocados? Yeah, I'm not a big avocado guy either. I'm not going to lie, but there's Sam. Howdy, partners. Howdy, Sam. What's Hi, going Sam. on? Good to see all you guys. Yeah, guys, we're going to be talking with Natasha right today, also known as Canadian Angel Cosplay. We are going to be talking about cosplay stuff. We are also going to be picking her brain on Harry Potter as she is a big, big Potter fan, and so am I. JS is not... But that's okay. He's going to be <laughs> here okay. for moral support. Uh, we okay. want to. I don't get much of a chance to talk about a lot of Harry Potter stuff on the channel. We don't get a lot of Potter level guests on here. But I, I, I asked Natasha some questions ahead of time. We've both seen the same amount of stuff. But there has been some news that's come out recently, and I want to introduce a new segment, a new weekly segment here on the podcast called the No Shit Sherlock segment because <laughs> making an, a very obvious statement every week when it comes to the world of geek. In some very obvious no shit Sherlock news, this week Warner Brothers announced that the Fantastic Beasts series of movies is being placed on hold indefinitely. So uh, J.K. Rowling initially envisioned five movies, a five movie arc for the Fantastic yep. Beasts films. There have been three films that have come out and unfortunately each subsequent film has made less money than the last film, but it took until this week for warner brothers to state unequivocally that they in fact the language they said was we are parking the franchise indefinitely so they're not saying it's completely dead but i don't envision a scenario where it's going to come back to life and we're going to get the final two movies based on what's happened with each subsequent movie that's come out so, so and then the whole parking the franchise are we talking about the fantastic beasts franchise? fantastic beast franchise yes so it doesn't mean they're not going to do anything else in the harry potter world but well, that's the that... other piece of news that, that people have been talking about. But before I get to that, Natasha, I want to get your thoughts. <laughs> Obviously, like I said, it is no shit Sherlock. If you're in the Potter world, you knew the Fantastic Beast movies were not doing terribly well. You knew we probably weren't getting the next two. And now for them to come out and say, well, we're not going to give you the next two. All of us are like, no shit Sherlock. It was like kind of obvious before we even had to have the announcement. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, as far as like the films themselves and 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 what's happened and and so like, were you still hoping we were going to get the next two, even though you kind of knew we weren't? Did you connect with the movies the same way you connected with the original films? Like, how did you feel about that franchise, that level of the franchise, anyways? 
I mean, it was like the beasts that kind of had me interested in it. And then they started throwing around this strange storyline about Dumbledore and Grindelwald. But then the problems with all the legalities and things, Johnny Depp, he wasn't allowed to be Grindelwald in the third movie. So it kind of threw me off when he changed his appearance again to that other actor whose name is slipping my mind right now. Imagine but it was just kind yeah. of like okay, what are you doing here? And they tried to say, oh, well, we're going to make uh, Grindelwald look like he's a guy that can change his faces a bunch of times because, you know, he's a master of changing his appearance. And I'm like, okay, you know, that kind of works, but it's still kind of like, it started with Colin Farrell, then it transitioned into Johnny Depp, and then it and it's like, what, what is going on here? So it was just kind of like, and then some of the beasts were used, but then it's like you only maybe got like a pan through of, the suitcase and stuff so it's kind of like okay well it's supposed to be called fantastic beasts not you know dumbledore and grindelwald having a tiff here like it's just mm -hmm. to me it was like okay we're now doing this storyline but we're also going to have a little bit of the beasts it was it was different for me it definitely felt like they were trying to sort of mirror or mimic the because the, the first series of books and movies is essentially about the rise the re-rise of voldemort and then his clashing with the good guys in this case harry potter and such and and everything that's surrounding that and it definitely felt like they transitioned here to it's going to be the rise of grindelwald instead and he's going to clash with dumbledore and, and and this clash had been alluded to in the books but never like fully explored and that's what it looked like this was going to be but the, the key difference for me was of course with the books the books got transformed into movies so there were characters especially if you'd read the books that you already knew and then you're seeing events that you'd seen in the books and characters that you come to know in the books live up on the screen so you had like a double connection to everything but with the fantastic beast you didn't have any of that right because no, there were no it was based on like one single book that was more like an encyclopedia right, right. Like it wasn't based on established works like she was basically making it up as they went along and so you didn't and then they changed they didn't just, they changed too many things. First, they moved it to America for some weird reason. And they moved it to the 20s. So you've changed both the, the setting and the time frame. So you're making it a period piece and you're making, so all the language is different. None of the characters are characters we know, other than we get a, 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 an oblique reference to Dumbledore and, and Newt had been like talked about. Then we finally get to meet Dumbledore and it seems like they kind of want to go back to Britain. But by then you've got like, People are using terminologies that you've heard. Like, what's a nomadge? Like, we've been calling them muggles yeah. for fucking 20 years, right? and now you're coming up with this like, new... Ugh, I'm just like, new why slang you, that I just didn't understand. Like, why would you <laughs> change so many things if, like, you have something that works really, really well? So that... Okay, so Eric, yeah. Eric makes a very good point here, and that's one of the things that threw me off, because when you see the ads and you see Dumbledore, and you're like, wait, that's Dumbledore? How is it that in Fantastic Beast Dumbledore is wearing a nice three piece suit, but then in Harry Potter, like he's right, like, wearing hobo fucking, robes. like he's a wizard? You know what I mean? Like, what the hell is going on here? Because you're like, literally talking about like it takes place like 70 years beforehand or whatever the hell it is. Like, it takes place so long ago comparatively to the main books and the main films. You're just like, and even if you wanted to do that, if you wanted to tell the story, tell it in Britain with a surrounding that we're already familiar with. Like, have Diagon Alley, have Nocturne Alley, have, have Durmstrang if you want, or Boba. Like, have something that we're familiar with. You take it all the way over the States with a bunch of characters we don't know using a bunch of language we don't understand. And now it doesn't feel like Harry Potter anymore. Now it feels like something else completely. No. And it just wasn't that good. They also messed up McGonagall's age. You know, laundry service in the castle. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I mean... Isn't a moo moo older than a three piece? Settle down in the middle. Listen, clearly you're not a fan either. All right. I get it. Oh, geez. 
Hey, man, it's Jude Law. You're not going to put Jude Law in a moo. Jude Law is like a good-looking brother. You're going to put him in a suit for sure if you can. I wanna... Although they do show in, in the films when they show Dumbledore going to meet Tom Riddle for the first time, he is, in fact, wearing a suit. I'm just saying. He's not wearing hobo robes. He, they do put him in a suit when he meets Tom Riddle for the first time. Yep. So, anyway, sorry, JS, go ahead. Okay, uh, I, I don't know. But Andrew here makes a point that Harry Potter's main target always kids and teenagers kids can identify better with kids going through going to school far easier than magic ministry politics and yep. she, she was always very open about the fact that the whole point of harry growing up and going to school every year was to mimic the kid growing up right every year you'd pick up a new book and it'd be a new story and it and the story would get older and older as you went along and then you have this story that is like a political fucking intrigue weirdo. Like, I don't even know how to, I guess I haven't seen them. So all I go by is what I've read and, and you've missed nothing. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I, it's, I did enjoy them for what they were, but to tie them to the, the Harry Potter the, franchise, the that, other, that's the yeah, part that didn't no. make sense. Cause compared to mm. those, they're dog shit on their own. They're fine. But uh, anyway, I wanted to get your impression, but now the other piece of news that came out recently is uh, a, an old piece of news that's been updated is when they had, when the Discovery and Warner Brothers merged, David Zaslav is the guy that took over that. He wanted to key, target key IPs within the Warner Brothers blanket to explore, to make money off of, key intellectual properties. Lord of the Rings, DC, and in particular, Harry Potter. Now, obviously, the Fantastic Beasts movies were not working, so the plan is to do a live-action television show reboot do it long form style, much like Game of Thrones, where you can incorporate the biggest complaint the movies get is there were a lot of subtle nuances in the books that didn't make it into the films because of time constraints. You do it in a long form TV series. You have a chance to put all that in. So they spoke with David Yates. So if, if you guys don't know, David Yates directed the last four films in the Harry Potter franchise. I believe it was the last four. So Order of the Phoenix, uh, Half-Blood Prince, and then the two um, Deathly Hallows. And they asked him if he would be part of the upcoming television show reboot. And he said not no he said hell no he has no desire to get involved in that on any level he spent his time in potter and he's moved on i'm starting to get a little bit concerned it feels like trying to i don't know like recast the beetle like how in the balls do you recast <laughs> such iconic characters from what up until the mcu was the single highest grossing movie franchise of all time like I know you want to capitalize on the property. I know Fantastic Beasts clearly wasn't doing it, but how do you reboot this? Like, there's no fucking, like, are you looking forward to this at all, Nat? Is it something that you can get behind? Or are you like, what are they just thinking? Just from what you're saying, I don't think I could. It's like, it, just leave it where it is. Stop trying to fix things that aren't broken or are broken that can't really be fixed. I mean, people love the movies for what they are. And then you've got people that like books for what they are. So it's like, just, leave it as it is we've got enough bad reboots and remakes as it is that it's like just just leave harry potter alone they look <laughs> at it as such a huge cash cow though and they're trying to figure out other ways to milk it right like it's this one of the world's most well-known properties so they're like well it's just sitting there like we're not doing anything with it like we have to do something like we tried these terrible movies and they didn't work so now what are we going to do yeah I, I i i there's a couple of issues that i have with a studio doing something like this because for one they're not old movies like yeah like the oldest one is what 15 years old now but it's uh, not like 
20 did they just turn 20 i think they just turned 20 okay, but even 20 years yeah. old right it's not like these are movies from the 50s that now we're we're trying to remake right um so that's the first thing that i feel weird about you know if you're if you're that interested in that property in that franchise go somewhere else tell another story right like do well, something different don't just retell the same story for the sake of retelling the same story the other thing we have to remember is long form television is also not what long form television used to be. We're not going to get 26 episodes of a Harry Potter show, right? We're going to get six, seven, maybe eight episodes in a season. So instead of it being a three hour movie, you're going to get an eight hour movie. So yeah, you're going to get a little bit more stuff in there, but is, <laughs> are you really getting that much more that it's worth Quidditch the musical. See, I can get behind that. That's cool. Well, I'm down. Go. Flying around on broom singing. Sounds like fun. Uh, <laughs> Matt saying, yeah, you have to change so much that you would have exactly what happened to this fantastic movie, a fantastic beast movie that you're talking about. And, and Megan saying, I think the series isn't going to be great. The movies and the books can't be topped. I hate that they're doing this. That seems to be, and I don't want to be that guy. Like, like maybe it could be amazing. Like, I don't know. Like, I didn't want them to do a prequel to Game of Thrones, but they did, and it's good. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they can make something like this work in some way, shape, or form. A, a straight-up reboot doesn't make a lot of sense. But Well, maybe the area that they could try to go in the direction of is when they ended the last movie, they showed that everybody had kids of their own. And, like, they have the cursed child that was just a play, which I saw, and it was absolutely fantastic. Maybe they could try to base the series more off of the kids of Harry Potter and Hermione and Ron and like you know, literally Harry the Potter, the next generation, right? Like that's yeah, like because we all grew sense. up with those characters watching those eight movies. That it's kind of like we got to watch them age as they went through school. And like for people like me, we're around the same age as them now, so it's like I was able to relate with them when I started watching those movies. Yeah, and it's you like still hey, relate with is... them as them being adults now, and and you know what I mean. Yeah, that's like, kind of what Andrew's saying. The property needs to rest that a little bit longer, let more nostalgia build before the attempt. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think it would give them the opportunity too, if they could, to bring back the original actors, but in older roles, like in a sense, yeah. not cameos per se, but in like passing of the torch, passing you know? of the torch, absolutely for sure. There are supporting yeah. casts instead of main casts, you know. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. I'd love a Marauders era movie. Not bad. I'm not a prequel guy, but like, I mean, th this, this hits me the same way that like a Robert's rebellion from game of Thrones would, would hit me type of thing. Like it was such a cool time period. It'd be cool to see measures, you know, Padfoot, prongs, moody and uh Wormtail for sure. But I mean, yeah, I don't know tail. that we would ever say that. <laughs> we, don't, we, we, we don't talk about Wormtail. What about instead right? of doing a TV series that they did a series like an anthology style series where they could make an hour and a half, two hour little made for TV, you know, Amazon Prime movie. You make a couple a year and they're all little specific stories out of that world. Right. Yeah. Like I'm surprised the they like haven't done more. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done more one off things like that. Like they've had tributes and they've had reunions and they've had this and that. But yeah, not just like do a little fucking animated thing. Like do like who can, like does it like yeah. you have the property, you have all the means to do it. You have your own streaming service. Just start throwing some shit out there and see what happens without like unnecessarily watering down the product. But I mean, yeah, you know, I'm just I don't know. I don't know, man. 
Yeah, that's what um, being briefful says. Give a fans what we want, the, the founders or marauders or the Black Sisters. Yeah, there there are mm -hmm. periods in the past that they could definitely explore. Stephanie Sanchez seeing them in 70s clothes would be fab for sure. Uh, it seems to be it'd have to be. Yeah, I mean, guys, remember, like, I mean, technically, that's what that's what Fantastic Beast is. It is a prequel and it is referencing an, a, a thing that happened in the books, the battle between Grindelwald and Dumbledore. So, I mean, they've already tried that and failed miserably. Yeah, but I think Fantastic Beasts would have worked better as a movie. Sorry, as one like encompassing story right. in, in one movie rather than trying to make it a series. A series right? franchise. Yeah. Like, there shouldn't have been a number two. Number two should have been a different story right. of something else within that world, right? No, agree. Um, but anyway, that's that's just my thought. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. Guys, we, we have a bunch of people in the chat right now. Uh, we have Matt and Becca. What's going on, guys? They just moved into a new place, actually. So I hope you guys are enjoying the new place. Absolutely. Rochelle, uh, uh, sorry, Rachel's there. I don't know who Being Briefle is. I'm so sorry. I'm assuming it's someone named Bree, <laughs> but I'm not sure who that is. That's my good friend from, like, way back in grade school. Hey! There you go. Enjoy the podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, and then all the regulars, right? Ashley is here. Megan's here. Uh, Jamie. Jamie's here. Jamie's always here. Hey, there's Bob. It's an onion. Bob from London. What's going hope, on? Hope Harrison's week, here, too. Jamie's London, here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Harrison better be watching, yeah, yeah, yeah. too. We are enjoying um, Guys, um, we have to address something. Hey, there's Nate as well. Oh, yeah. What is this um, elephant in the room? Like, you're scaring the shit out of everybody. Like, what's going on? We um, So, guys, uh, I, I want to say about a year ago, maybe a little bit over a year ago, we decided that we were going to start filming a new show called The After Show. And uh, we've had some great after shows, actually. Our Picard after shows, man. Like, I loved that show. Well, I didn't love that show. I loved that last season. And our after shows did quite well. And then when Ahsoka came out, we decided we were going to do something a little bit different. Um, we were going to do one after show after the first half of the season and the second show after the second half of the season. Uh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Hey kids! And we never did. We didn't do the second we one. Didn't we didn't do the first one. The second one. We super didn't do the second one. That's cool. um. So I wanna I wanna talk about it quickly. I wanna address the why for me. Um, listen, I'll, I'll tell you right now the why because I thought the second half of the season was fucking stupid. That's my problem. <laughs> yeah, but that's um, good. That's good. That's good show. Um, that's. That's, you know, we should do that, and you should complain about it. That'll get some man, eyeballs for it, sure. It, it it left me it left me like disinterested. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I even tried to rewatch through the second half of the season, and I couldn't. I stopped after episode six, I think. Well, yeah. the one was I think I, six was the weak one. That's the one that Ahsoka is not even in. So yeah, I get yeah. I get that. Yeah. I I. I hated how they portrayed Sabine. They didn't do her justice at all. Um, she was just a whiny brat uh, where she's supposed to be a freaking general now. They made her a Jedi when she's already a fucking Mandalorian. Like, she was built to fight Jedi. And you're going to tell me you need to make her a Jedi to fight Jedi? Like, she's a Mandalorian. She literally wears Beska armor that's made to survive lightsaber hits. Natasha, Listen. before before he goes off, have you have you watched Ahsoka, Natasha? No, no. Sure this then. is just entertaining for me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I was JS. I was, what's the beans about the channel? That's what he's talking about, Megan. What's he's, the he's, beans about the channel? Yeah. 
That's like saying we no 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 he's he's telling you right now. So we we do an after show and we did an after show on the first yeah. four episodes of Ahsoka and we were supposed to do a follow up after show about the second half of Ahsoka and we never did. No. So that's what he's talking about when he's talking about we need to talk and he's not keeping you hanging. He's just really dragging this out. Yeah. And that's okay because he's yeah. got some feelings he's got to work through. Clearly. Yeah. I mean, I was very disappointed. I mean, we could have done it on camera and just called it the after show for Ahsoka, but apparently we're going to do it here on the podcast. That's okay. That's okay. Maybe I could take this snippet out and make it the after show. There you go. Done. Boom. How's that? There you go. Uh, Sabine was really lacking. She was so annoying. Yeah. I mean, I... I think it helped. Dude, I liked it. And I think it helped that I didn't have any attachment to any of these characters. I was like, this is great. Yeah, I mean, it looks it, brilliant. It's, 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 yeah, yeah. Listen, J- it, it, <laughs> there you go. Ahsoka after show episodes 48, JS rants for two hours. Yeah. Yeah, that's, there you that's go. Yeah, that's much the, how that will work. what it is. Yeah. Jamie C saying he's French. They do that. Uh, no, I get that. Have you seen how they count? Anyways, <laughs> crazy. 427, 427. What are you talking about? Yeah, anyways, sorry, that's that's way inside joke, guys. I'm sorry, that's not cool. Anyways, um, we're here to talk to Natasha. Did you, hang on, did you guys see Five Night at Freddy's yet? I took my son. No, I'm hoping to see that soon. So my son, we took to, uh, I uh, he he has a onesie. He has a Fred Bear, a Freddy Fazbear onesie. Oh, that's adorable. With a fucking top hat on it. And he's got like a big plushie. So for that, guys who don't know, my son's special needs. So, and he's been counting down the days to the film. He loves the series so much. So he put on his onesie and he grabbed his plushie and we went and saw it and he fucking loved it. Is it the hottest garbage? Absolutely. The movie is the hottest garbage, (laughs) but it's an hour and a half. It's fun. And I'll tell you this without giving away any spoilers. It's real. Jim Henson company came in and built the animatronics. So it's not CG. There's no guy in a dot suit. It's an action. So there's scenes where it's literally a puppeted robot. And then there's other scenes where it's people wearing suits that have puppeted animatronics built into them. But they're always actually there. And you can tell throughout the whole film that they're really there. So that part of it's super cool. The rest of it is is hot, hot garbage. But I enjoyed it. I, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. But if that movie yeah. had been... 10 minutes longer i'd have been like fucking shoot me in the face like it's just too it was already there was already aspects of it i was like this is so so stupid but my my son and everybody in that theater fucking loved it so if you haven't seen it and you're familiar with the property especially if you're familiar with the property go see this film yeah so a lot of people have been saying how the great thing about the way that this movie was done for the for the fans right for the people that are franchise fans it's different enough to make it fresh, but it still has all the core elements, and there's plenty of Easter eggs. Oh, yeah. Like for the absolute hardcore fans. Yeah. There's also Easter eggs for fans of other properties that we will not mention. Um, listen, overall, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Uh, there's even some there's even some YouTubers, some YouTubers that helped to make the game so popular. Some YouTubers have some cameos. He is in, in well, the movie, so. yeah. There's a, there's a few of them. Oh, Not are there? the one well, that I was hoping, like the one that I'm familiar with that through the product, he's not in it, but there's another guy apparently. Because when that what when the waiter, I won't say who it is, but when the waiter comes on the screen, Him, everybody yeah. in the theater's like, Oh my god! I'm like, I yeah. have no fucking idea who that yeah, guy is. Same. But, 
by all means, Same. they all seemed excited about it. I'm so going Natasha, to see it because um, Matthew Lillard's in it. He That's is. one of the main reasons that he I wanted to that. go see it. He yeah. absolutely is. Yes, yes. I definitely recommend going to check it. <laughs> yeah. Deal over here saying we should complain about Secret Invasion more. I think we beat that horse pretty good. Uh, do, we, do we really? Dog shit. Anyways. Yeah, that was really bad. Uh, hey. What's up, Natasha? Not much. Um, just finished being at Frightmare there on the weekend. And how so, was that, by the way? I only went for Saturday, and it kind of felt like it was a little bit smaller than it was last year because they had another convention on the other side for oh, doctors really? or something. Yeah, so it seemed like they must have double booked again. And um, it was to fun say, to I'm walk surprised. around. Yeah, when I saw the floor get. plan, yeah, when I saw the floor plan, I was like, oh, wait, like this is like a proper, like, small con. Like, this is at least London Comic Con size, but I guess it wasn't. Well, they, they, I felt like they had more last year than they did this year. Like, it sort that of was venues, a little bit that venue is bigger, JS, than, than the London Comic Con venue. That, that Niagara Falls uh, Convention Center is probably twice the size of the convention center in London. So, even if they were only using half to two thirds of that, it would bigger still be con. The, yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that that venue is a big. It's a big venue. Oh yeah, I didn't realize it was that oh, big. There were three. That's what Sam said. There were three shows going out of the convention center. Apparently. Oh, see, I didn't know there was even a third one. So that's news to me. I just remember seeing the one on the one side of the, like, because you have the windows that look down, right? Right. So we when we were walking up the top, you could see Frightmare on one side, and then this other convention uh, for doctors or something on the other side so it's like oh that's explains why it's a little bit smaller than last year that's so weird the con a bodybuilding competition and some health expo right. yeah cool because i mean when they do uh when they do niagara falls comic con they, they just use the whole building and they have to but i went to the very first frightmare in the falls i got invited there as a as a guest of one of the media people that were there and it was one day and it was in one room it was very small like you walked in you walked around the room and you were done uh so it's definitely gotten bigger the fact that it's a whole weekend so how was saturday as far as that went like uh, you, it was a lot of fun like you thought oh fun, yeah because like... it was three days oh, right yeah. yeah it was friday saturday, yeah. sunday yeah, yeah yeah oh and you guys went all three days no we just no. went for saturday oh yeah. i see um, so we walked around. I think the best part, oh, while I was Wednesday. Yes. And our buddy, Ill Gotten Hugs, Andrew, he was like a big giant voodoo doll. Listen, so, he's, your, he's your buddy. He's not our buddy. All right. Let's not, <laughs> let's not be throwing that buddy word around here. Okay. We had him on the con. We had him on the pod. That's it. That's not at all. I did see his, his costume. <laughs> it was fantastic. You guys both look great. I'm trying to pull it up here because, yeah, it was pretty cool. Did you get to meet oh, any of the celebs? Did you get to hang out with any of the other cosplayers? Like, how did that go? Uh, Ed was there, our good buddy Snowhawk cosplay. He was there as Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of fun to see. Yeah. Um, Chris Borges was there, of course, as usual, doing his car changes. Uh, Tiff was a really neat take on Catwoman. She was a zombie. Uh, yeah, see, there's, <laughs> there's this giant voodoo doll. So does this mean you just get to stick pins in him all day? Because that seems like a fun idea. I mean, we got to do like a fun little shoot with uh, Very Frank Picks. And um, I have got one where I'm waiting for it to be finished. It's, I'm sitting on him, stabbing him in the heart with a pin. That's all Because saying, the one right? in his head was able to be removed. Yeah. So... I mean, if your yeah. guy is going to dress up in a, in a, like it's a voodoo doll, then I feel like you've got some, some, some relationship issues that you get to work out a little bit. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Keith was there as well. He said, I missed some people, but he did get to see Nat and Andrew and Chris. That's very, very cool. Yeah, Frightmare is one that I've, I've never actually been at. And um, it always happens on a weekend where there's other stuff. But, yeah, we uh, – I'd love to check it out sometimes. I'm just well, not a horror thing, guy. So... You... Oh. No, well, go ahead, just go for one day to check it out. You know, it's something mm. new. It's something different. You get to see, like, the – they have, like, tables that have, like, the latex work for the masks for stuff like Resident Evil – and of course predators and then there's like the, the freddy faces that you can see different variations of of how mm -hmm. he built it and stuff and and of course my favorite thing to see are the little critters because those are really unique to see on display so it's kind of like if you like your, your crazy horror characters it's definitely neat to go and see how some of their masks and props are done because there are people there that do that now, is it a genre that you are already a fan of? Like, I see you with your little yes. ghost face in the back there. And is that like, that is a critter that I can see back there? Yeah, this, as well? this yeah. guy's a homemade critter. Um, where is he? Oh, right yeah, there. Yep, yep. That mm -hmm. um, I made with Andrew. So, because yep. I didn't know where I could buy a little plushy one. Because after watching the movie for the first time, I just, I fell in love. Yeah, that's fair. So you're already a fan of the genre. And I think that helps. Uh, like I said, I'm not really a big horror guy, and I think that's kind of what like I went to that first one as Negan, and I had fun, but I mean, it was just like one of those like I'm already not into this. Uh, our boy Brian 360 saying, Natasha, were you Wednesday? You might be in my video. I recorded the voodoo doll, yes. Uh, fact, yeah, Wednesday. I'm, I'm Wednesday. Yep, she's one of my characters that I found people seem to like me being, so you know, I have fun at her, fun as her because just at Frightmare, this past saturday i couldn't resist the popcorn and then i forgot i was also dressed as wednesday so i ended up having this little bottle of arsenic with me so when people were asking for my photos i was just pouring it over the popcorn and then offering it to them because right. it just felt like something the character would do and it got a, a good chuckle out from a few people so it was a, a really fun time to be that character again this year yeah, guys, if you haven't done so already, check out Brian360 on YouTube. Uh, he hits, he's just kind of started. He started with Fan Expo, actually, which makes him mental, but he does get up from cons, <laughs> takes some great, great 360 videos. We run into Brian a few times, so um, absolutely. And uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, you did some shoots with our, our friend Greg from Very Frank Picks. I've shot with Greg a bunch of times. Fantastic guy to work with as well. So that is super cool. Are you done for the season now? Yeah, it's got to be done, I'm right? have on a, a, yeah, a bit of a break. Like, there is a smaller one coming up called uh, Garden City. I'm not sure if I'll go check that one out or not. Um, got to see what kind of plans I have for that weekend. But that's kind of like the last one of the year because I guess because of the blip, they don't do like the Christmas one in Toronto anymore. They do because not. Because that one no, was something gone. I was trying to make, make it out to, but now it's gone. So I guess you could say, yeah, Garden City is the last one for me never really got a chance to get off the ground right like it it was around for a couple of years and then covid happened and then that was it right yeah it was never my i went to two of them and i was just like yeah like it was okay but same thing it was kind of like it was small and it was like it was in the south building but it was in the bottom but it was only like in one room and it was only for one day and people tried to like christmas up their costumes but it's just it, it was okay but it was to me it wasn't like amazing 
Uh, Zappa Props, and I said, hello, Canadian Angel. Your costumes rock. Speaking of your costume, our oh. boy Matt Sheridan has a question. He has two, in fact. What's your favorite cosplay you have, and what's your cosplay, your goal cosplay next? So Okay, so my favorite one, I'm very torn between that one, because I think I have the most fun dressed as Harley Quinn, because then you're a villain, and you can volley off any anybody else that's like a DC cosplayer and make jokes with them. Like, that's why I I borrowed Andrew's bomb and I was running around with that at Fan Expo because it's like, well, how much, you know, fun can you have with this and just pass it off to somebody and like the reactions on their face. It's like, oh, wow, it is a bomb. And it's just she's one that I think I have the most fun with. But if I had to pick an absolute favorite, I would say it's my Hermione Granger only because I don't have to wear a wig. I got really lucky with that one. And all I do is I just braid my hair out and take it out like the day of when I'm at the con and it just poof all out in the curls. And it's like, I don't have to have the pressure of a wig cap or like the, the wigs like pushing down on me. Like she's just, and it's a comfy cosplay too. Like it's, it's all season. So it's like, you can get warm in it, but not overly warm in it. And like, I went rolling around in the snow in this cosplay and I was toasty warm. So I would have to say she's definitely my my absolute favorite. Yeah, see that's our that's my friend BPM cosplay there at her um oh the Daphne Greengrass, which is kind of like a a relative of the Malfoys. So she's she's one of my good Harry Potter partners when it comes to dressing up and having fun. So nice. again, it was a it's also one where it's like if, even if you're not being recognized as Hermione, you're still a Hogwarts student. Yes. So well, fair. I also mm -hmm. I, I also did an original character, even though I am a Gryffindor. I did a I did a Slytherin character, and I just made up a character. So, um, the second part, like uh, by the way, I agree. Uh, your Hermione is probably my favorite as well. But the second part of of his question was, what's your goal cosplay? Like, do you have like a dream cosplay that you want to do that you just quite haven't gotten around to yet? I'd have to say Black Widow, just because her name is Natasha Romanoff, and it would be just kind of funny to be called my regular name at a convention. And I just always loved how she looked. Plus, now that I'm learning to take karate, I'm like, you know, eventually be able to do the the, the movements that she can do. But I've always right. also right. learned how to like, shoot firearms, so it's kind of like I'm really embracing that character once I get to cosplay don't, her. Yeah, don't be coming around the booth kicking my ass or anything just because you're taking karate <laughs> and looting guns and shit. Like that's not. I feel like that's one that you could absolutely put together. Like I feel like that's not like Jesus. Even I have a Black Widow. Like I feel like you can absolutely. I know yours was great. I loved when I saw you in that. Mm. You looked fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, we're making some improvements to it that uh, I'll be trotting out uh, this coming season as well. But uh, just some patches and some lights and stuff on it to make it a little bit more dynamic and such but I, I definitely feel like you could definitely kick his kick his ass settle settle down all right let's just um Can we, uh, yeah go ahead sorry oh yeah you know ask the question we'll go we'll go to after yeah what costume would you love to do if money was no consideration any prop that you would love to make uh or own in particular so money's no object you can do anything in the whole wide world now what would be a cosplay or a prop <laughs> that you would choose Oh, geez. Um, I guess that's a bit of a tough question. Um, since it seems like 3D printers have become so popular, it seems like props are not that really hard to acquire anymore. Um, our good buddy Zappet Props was the one that made my gun for Harley Quinn. 
And it was like, I didn't think that was even something that was possible. So, you know, um, again, our friend Not Possible also kind of did one of my dream cosplays, which was Nariko from Heavenly Sword, because that's where I got stumped was, well, how the heck am I going to build and make this sword when I don't even, you know, know what it's going to take. So I think for me, a dream cosplay at no cost would be Maleficent, because I would actually want to have where my wings could open and close. Mm, yes. You should, now we're talking. You should send me a message. Okay. You two need to talk. Yep. Uh, can we uh, can we quickly talk about <laughs> this? <laughs> oh geez. Um so Andrew was doing Mr. Freeze at Chatham Kent. So he had that big canister. And when we were in the hotel and we're loading into the car and out of the car, I was wearing my shark onesie because it's one of the most comfiest things I like to wear before and after conventions and being in a cosplay all day. And Andrew just kind of got this crazy idea in his head. He's like, well, what if you do Jaws? And I just kind of went, sure, I'll give it a try. So he put a little speaker inside the container that was playing the Jaws theme song. And I went walking around Niagara Falls on the Friday and I was doing like the shark movement. And a few people didn't know who the heck I was until they figured it out. And they're like, oh, geez. And then I did get a couple people yelling, we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of fun just to try that as a, a bit of a joke. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a problem with my computer, guys. Like, uh, as I'm showing pictures, as you saw, one just disappeared on me. My image app is is crashing, and I'm having issues. So, sorry about the slow slow pics coming up. I'm doing my best, you guys. Don't hit. Yeah, me our uh, photographer friend there, Alex Rose, took these at the cosplay for a cure booth at Niagara Falls. So that was like a fun little mini shoot that I got to do because it's like. I don't know if I'll ever really take this as a serious cosplay. So it's like to have these little momentums of the one time that I did do it. It's kind of like, yeah, that's that's the way to remember it. Yeah, and that's genius. I mean, nobody else does this, right? A Jaws with a with an oxygen tank. Like, come on, that's that's yeah, that's pure genius. Is there anything that you're currently working on, or anything that you have in the works or planned for next season that we can look forward to to keeping an eye out for moving forward? Ooh, are we spilling beans? Well, um, I guess I could kind of spill some of the beans. So, being a Lord of the Rings fan, I happen to have my favorite character is Legolas. So, I've been kind of in chats with our friend Nada mm -hmm. in regards to working on putting a Legolas cosplay together because again he's just another one where it's like he's such a badass and i'm not sure how people feel about the hobbit series but to see him standing on the dwarves heads while they're in the barrels going down the river and he's just popping off orcs with his bow and arrow it's like how epic can you be and i just feel it would kind of be like a fun one to do being that he's an elf and like oh look at that join yes, me in my boromir join me that's that's another reason why is because you guys had your Lord of the Rings meet up last year and um, it was such a crazy turnout that it's like, but hey, wait a minute. I don't see too many Legolas characters here. So it's like maybe I can try and jump in on that and get you guys to have like Absolutely. a Legolas. So, when you, you know, you do your photos. Yes. And I don't and know how we haven't gotten JS to do Gimli. I, I don't think he'll do it. We'll just put some shoes on his <laughs> knees. He's already got the beard for it. I don't know what the problem is. But. 
Yeah, you want this this body to be on his knees all day long, crawling again on the yes. ground? Yes. Come on. I want you on your knees all day long. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. I mean that uh, may have nothing. to ginger up the beard. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit. I mean, well, he already you know. kind of looks like the actor. By the way, that actor, uh Jonathan Rice Davies, is the tallest amongst everybody in the fellowship, even though he played Gimli. He's like six. Really? Yeah. That's yeah, hilarious. That's actually quite yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, go ahead, Jess. Um, another epic and iconic cosplay that you do is, and I'm going to try to bring them up here quickly, is Ghostface. Um, yes. Have you actually seen the last movie? Yes. What did you think? I mean, oh. it was definitely a bit of a twist. Um, it's like, okay, we've taken Ghostface to the city now. Now he's just killing random people in a convenience store. Like it, it was a little different than what the originals have been. And it just kind of felt like, oh, so these are fans of the original murderers. And it's like, okay, well, that's kind of cool. But it, it's almost like some of the Easter eggs that they put in there. It's like, you're getting our hopes up a little bit. And then they bring back Kirby, and first they make it out like she might be the killer. Sorry for the spoilers for those who haven't seen it. But it just it just felt different than what I'm used to watching, which was the very first original, which mm -hmm. I think is probably the most memorable one out of them all. Mm -hmm. No, the most memorable one out of them all is the one that's the worst out of them all, and that's number three. Because that movie was so bad, I like I was like seriously looking over to Jenna like at points like like are we really watching this right now? Like that's how bad it was. Uh, have we gone too far with these movies? Like is it time they so. just let them rest and 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 wait for a time to properly reboot them? Because now we've had six movies, a TV yeah. series that was just and I haven't even watched that TV series. I haven't touched that yet. So, I mean, the last movie make money because if the answer is yes, then no, you're not done, kids. It's still coming. I, the studio's only making it if it makes money, and if it makes money, you're yeah, gonna get another one. I, I, I don't know, it's a good question. I mean, they're typically not terribly expensive movies to make, so it wouldn't have to do that well before it would turn profit. And as soon as it turns a profit, man, you can probably rest assured Fair you enough. get a scream. Seven, Fair right? enough. Yeah. I feel like they've just diluted the product yeah, so much now that it's, it's Ghostface versus Freddy versus Jason versus Michael. There you go. Hey, I mean, <laughs> I don't think Ghostface would last very long in that one, but no, worse than Jaws: The Revenge. Well, let's let's settle down. Come on now. Yeah, number three yeah. was definitely worse than Jaws: The Revenge. Number three was just. <clears throat> Let's no, all stick together. Shit. You go that way. I'll go that way. Wait, you just said yeah. let's all stick together. Like, let's go. Like, it was like that. And they separate. Yeah. Yeah, like it was just. <laughs> anyway, let's move on from uh, from Scream. Uh, are you guys going to potentially be coming into town this winter uh, for uh, maybe a little bit of a winter cosmification of our cosplays in the Christmas market? I mean, it's possible. Um, if it's on a weekend, then for sure. Because It'll right be now, weekend, for sure. what I do for work, I'm usually Monday to Friday. Mm -hmm. So I always have weekends available. So mm -hmm. if it's one that falls on a weekend, then yeah, I might check it out this year. Why? What's going on? Oh, well, like last year, we're going to do a thing. We're going to all get together downtown. going to go enjoy the Christmas market in our costumes that we're going to Christmify a little bit. And, uh, you know, just do some shenanigans. 
Because why not? And Jeff, you should come to town for that one because that yeah, that'll be super, super not going to do that. Um, one. Yeah, no, I know it's it's it. You're all kind of there, and I'm like two and a half hours away, so it definitely makes it a little more challenging for me to come down just for a day just to hang out at a Christmas market. But well, no, you'd come down for a weekend and hang mm. out, and we would happen to go to the Christmas market on the one day. But you know, you don't want to hang out with me for a whole weekend. That's ugh, that's too much. No one, I know, no right? I mean, a no slumber party, guys. You can't, you know. Yeah, I know. I, I've I've been there for uh, like at least a, an overnight stay before, and and you could tell by the you know the afternoon of the second day they were like, when's this fucking guy going home already? So I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah. Put yeah. that Here on. We go. Here we go. Goes. Speaking go. of you guys, hey, did we just start talking about Jeff's hair again? I think this no, is we super don't. We super don't go right now. Um, I want to you know. explore a certain aspect of this. I want to make sure you're kind of cool with this because you, you alluded to it earlier that and and you showed a picture of you guys as well. So you and ill-gotten hugs are an item. Can we can we say that out loud? Is that okay to like? Yeah. I think everybody I'm okay in the with that. community knows that. Okay, um, so. I've talked to other people before too, because it seems to be like there's two kind of different ways that, that that this kind of happens where either you both, you guys get together and then you both discover you have a love for costume and cosplay and then you costume and cosplay together, or you meet within the community and then you decide, oh, hey, you're already doing this. I'm already doing this. We should kind of like do this together with you guys. Obviously you were both cosplayers already established in the community. You met in the community. You started dating. I'm always wondering how this kind of works because Clearly, there's some events where you guys are going to go together and you're clearly matching costume. Like, you've clearly decided you're going to be something that matched. But then you guys have done something where you clearly don't. Like, you'll do Hermione. He's not doing a Harry Potter cosplay at that point. He's doing something else. Entirely. I don't know if he's just not a fan or he doesn't have one or he doesn't get into it. So how do you guys kind of navigate the waters being a cosplay couple? And when do you decide, hey, we're going to do this together? And, hey, you go off and do your own thing. I'm going to do my thing. And we don't have to always be like this and that. How does that work? Um, I guess it just depends on like how the lineups go. I mean, for Fan Expo, we kind of based our characters on your guys's meetups. Mm -hmm. oh. So when you had your bad guys meetup, it was kind of like, well, Hollow's Eve is a bad guy. And then Andrew was doing his shy guy for the first time. And it's kind of like, yeah, he is a bad guy in the Mario side oh, of yeah. things. He so, yeah. You know, to bring something different to the, the group. Because I mean, you could get a guy, dozen of these, a the guy. same characters. Yes. He's a very he's cute a, bad a guy working, for a shy guy. Working bad guy for sure. So oh, not, I know. I can't believe you figured out how to do that. <laughs> of course he did. Of course, if anybody is going to figure out how to do that, it's going to be him. So you're basing it on that, but like I said, there's there's times where you guys are on complete opposite, not opposite ends of the spectrum, maybe, but you're clearly not doing anything that you've kind of discussed earlier. And is that just like, well, I want to do this and you don't have anything that matches, so we're just gonna do our own thing? Yeah, that's another thing. I don't have as big of a, a wardrobe as Andrew does or as quick of a creative throw this together, put it together you, and make it you have happen do. type deal. Yeah. So, I mean, he does a lot of, like, he has a couple of DC characters that he does. So he has, like, the old Red Hood, which at first I didn't know that was a version of the Red Hood. I kind of called him Mr. Lipstick when I saw him. The big glass dome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then he did uh, Mr. Freach, Adam Kent. He's got the eraser. He has um, Condiment has King, which condiment I find King. that's my absolute I find favorite. is a fun one to be yes. when like I'm Harley Quinn because it's like well he was in the Harley Quinn show so it's Absolutely. kind of like you know pairs up perfectly with that. Of course, but um, no, when he's doing other characters, it's like yeah, just 
do your own thing. I don't always have to match you. It's not like we need to do that every time. It's no, that's cool. Like Cause this, there's some couples that absolutely do be. have to seem to have to do that every time. And there's some couples that can kind of coexist and doing their own thing. Now, does it mean that now you guys actively work on things together? Like you plan shit out together, or is there still a level of separation from you guys? Like you work on your thing and I'll work on my thing. It doesn't always have Still, to. you work on yours. You work like I'll work on mine. You work on yours. If there's something that we could think of to do together, then that's what we'll try and work on. Um, I've just recently started watching what we do in the shadows. So I've instantly fallen in love with Nadia and Laszlo. So I think that one would be a fun pair to put together for a convention. I've, I've never watched it, but I will absolutely take your word for it. I know that that those that love it, love it a lot. So I already know it's not kind of, it's not exactly in my wheelhouse of, or brand of humor and such, but now what about oh, when it yeah, comes to like getting involved in like group stuff, like you're talking about doing Lord of the Rings with us. And of course he has a Gandalf too. So that, yeah. that obviously helps to, to bridge that gap. But do you guys like, and then have to kind of make a decision like, well, I'm getting invited to this group, to this big group thing, but you don't have a costume that matches it. So the, do I still do this big group thing? Do I not do it? Cause then we're not going to see each other that day. Like, how do you guys juggle that when that kind of thing happens along? Um, I mean, if there's a, um, a group that he wants to be in, by all means, I'll just go and be the photographer and oh, okay. kind of like vice versa. Yep. So when he was out of his shy guy, he was able to take the pictures of my Hollow's Eve as well as our good photographer friend, um, Teresa. Um, yep. So it was kind of like to be able to have the extra pair of hands for stuff like that. It's like, hey, look, this is how you make your memories last because somebody was able to grab pictures for you during these big meetups. Right. So that's one of the things that I've always looked at it as if he's not doing it, then I'm doing it. And then one of us is going to be the photographer type thing, or they could be off in a panel. I, like I said, I don't need to always have them glued to my hip. No, 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 for sure. For sure. Like I said, every, every couple seems to do it slightly differently. So it's, it's one of those things. I'm always curious. Oh, there it is. All right. All right. I see you, Dean. I see you. Hold on. No, I, I mean scared. it's it's um I mean it's fun to be able to do your own thing. It's also fun to be able to do group cosplays, right? Like, I mean, which reminds me, we should do a big giant group cosplay. We need to plan a big giant group cosplay, even if it's just for a quick thing for fan expo or comic uh, probably for more of a fan expo, but definitely well, something clearly. we need to do. Uh Dean is saying, Hey Jeff, just found a picture of Natasha and me in London. I sent it to your instant messenger. I'm assuming that's uno, uno momento, por favor. I am just going to. Well, you see, when Andrew does his uh, Gandalf, I was kind of doing Hermione just because it's like, well, two wizards. And that was actually the thing that we did when we went to see mm. the Cursed Child was as he dressed up as his Gandalf. But everybody thought he was Dumbledore because little kids, you know, kind of works. And it was just it was great. Like, it's like two wizards, you know, hanging out. He's from one side of the magical realm. I'm from the other. So, you know, at least it still kind of keeps with the theme of wizards and witches. And mm -hmm. uh, Do you guys plan in advance what you're going to do as far as cons every year? Or is it just you wing it every time? Or like, how do you go about, especially if you're going to be doing new cosplays? Like, how, like, how do you work that out? Like, uh, for me, I find if I know about the con in advance and I'm able to get the time off of work from it. Um, yep, that was at the, I think that might have actually been Chatham Kent last year. And it was, um, 
it was a fun time doing that, being part of the booth there. Um, now, Dean said it was in London, and I think it was oh. this year because I think he only got his Mando this year. Oh, no, no, no. He definitely had it last year. He had it that last was year last year. Well, that was, yeah, because I, I know the floor at Chatham is just concrete. So that's yeah. why it's like, yeah, that's not the nice carpet of mm. London. Because London Comic-Con has that nice blue carpet. It does. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heck yeah, CK Expo, says our friend Rachel. Yes, she is from that neck of the woods. So, yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, guys. I didn't ah, so he up. says, yes, you're correct, Chatham. There you go. So it wasn't yes. Chatham. Yeah, yeah. 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 Dean's probably been drinking. Just ignore it. Well, you know. As you has not you know. Well. It's almost Friday, but it has felt like it's been a bit of a long week. Holy yeah. balls. Yeah, tell me about that it. ever the truth? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <sighs> uh, oh, are you coming to London over. for the the geeky holiday market, or did that uh, Tiffany was talking about that earlier? That's November twenty sixth, so that's in a few weeks. Is that something that you guys have on your radar? Again, I'm not sure. Um, I currently don't know how to drive by myself yet. I'm still learning. So if I was to go, it would be to carpool with Andrew if he was deciding to go or not. Um, gotcha. Again, it would oh, be something to check there. out and different. So Tiffany's saying, come and hang out. Absolutely. It's it's a fun little thing. I don't even know if I want to call it a con. It is more of a market than a con, for sure. So, it, But it's a good time. Uh, our friend Megan Avery saying, I love meeting you for the first time as a fellow lady Spider-Man villain. Our friend Megan Avery, she is the uh, the Into Doc the Spider-Verse Doc. version of Doc Ock. Yeah, for sure. And yes, just- her Dr. Octavia is amazing. I like. I couldn't believe when she told me she was doing that. And actually... Um, when she had said she was doing a female spider villain, I kind of went, Ooh, well, I have to know which one she's doing because then it's like, this is going to be fun debuting Hollow's Eve and have pictures with other female spider villains. Exactly. Because there's like a million Spider Men out there, but there's not that many villains. So it's kind of fun there's to see more more, other spider villains. But yeah, I'll agree. I mean, when I, when I built my Doc Ock, I mean, that was the thing, right? We, Oh, Rob you look amazing do, at that. Uh, thank you. Um, Rob was building Vulture, and you know we wanted to do Spider-Man villains because you're right. There's literally a million Spider-Mans in the con yep. floor, right? So, Hi. Uh, good to see. You. Well, that's why we love you, Jeff. Is it though? Is it really? <laughs> I thought it was the hair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shameful plug, by the way, 10-year anniversary coming up for CK Expo. Mm-hmm. That's true. And for the first time in its 10-year anniversary, it will be two days in Chatham-Kent this year, guys. Mm-hmm. I think it's the 27th and the 28th of April. So it's an early one. So mark that one on your calendar. Uh, it should be the next one you're going to be going to after March in Toronto. And I know for the Toronto peeps, it's a bit of a trip to get up to Chatham Kent, but, uh, if you are going to be in the area, I highly recommend checking it out. It is a good time for sure. Dean's asking, do any of you guys do Christmas parades, predators and Harry Potter's in a parade? That would be cool. I have done quite a few parades. Actually, I've done parades with, uh, with some of the guys here in town for, uh, like I've trooped with, uh, some 501st and rebel legion stuff, but, um, I don't think I did last year, but I think I did the two previous years. And, and of course, we were doing the parades during the during the blip where instead of the parade coming through, like instead of us walking in a parade, we all like stayed stationary and cars drove past us. So that was kind of cool. But I have mm-hmm. I didn't do last year. So I'm not sure if we're going to do 
this year or not. It's cold, man. Like you got to pick your costume carefully for those because hundred percent. You're out there for a while, man. You can't be going out and like some rinky dink little cosplay. I can't. No. I can't do Spider Man for that one, man. I will freeze no. my cojones off. So hell no, hell no. <clears throat> uh, Chris is saying a message London Comic Con <laughs> if they wanted to send it for the holiday geeks and go. I mean, if you're talking about Santa Predators, I mean, yeah. I mean. But Chris actually is a Santa. Like, he has the full Santa suit. Oh, He's is he really? Santa wow. For a few different yeah. grades and a few different things. So, uh, Kid Remington is saying, I loved meeting you for the first time in the hallway of the Fairmont. So random, so awesome, and a great photo how cosplay should be. I'm assuming. Uh, yes. Um, last year on the Sunday of Fan Expo, I was Harley Quinn. And when I was walking back down to my hotel room, all of a sudden this Joker just walks out of the hotel room. And I mean the literal Joker. And I'm like, put in! And it just sort of, it's like, this is the best way to end the con because I didn't get to see very many Jokers at Fan Expo last year. So to just bump into him in the hallway down from where my room was, it's like, okay, now I got to find a Joker at the con. And that was like the highlight of ending fan expo for me i mean so. running in, running into kid is definitely a highlight of any con that you're going to be at that's for sure because yeah for those that don't know kid he does a couple versions of the joker and both he are does. amazing right, three, yes two or three versions i forget now but at least two probably least two. three yeah, yeah. yeah for sure yeah, yeah. Geeks and Co. Xmas party yeah that's that's what js has been talking about there is plans in the work for them to do cosmos in toronto uh, so definitely reach out to JS or reach out to the Geeks and Co. account and they can, once you've got that kind of like figured out, they can definitely get the information to you. I know they did it last year and they're definitely looking to do it again this year. I probably won't be there, but you might be able to see some of your favorite geeks there for sure. So at least two or three mm. of them anyway. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'm looking at something that, um, Ali sent me. I'm not sure if she's in the chat now. She should be. Um, Similar to the whole 360 booth. You know how all the cons have the 360 booths now? Yeah. This is like a Polaroid booth. It's an actual Polaroid machine. It's a big giant thing on the stand and it looks all cool and you take pictures and it prints out your pictures right there. That's a neat thing that uh, we need to look at like gimmicks like that. We need to find gimmicks like that for these cons. People need more stuff they can do at cons. It's a question, not a question, but a discussion we were having the other day. How, first of all, how long have you been going to cons? Like you've been to a ton now. You've been in, in the cosmic community for years at this point. Uh, believe it or not, my first convention was the 2013 Niagara Falls when they had first started to have them at the Scotiabank Center. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I wasn't cosplaying yet then. Um, I was kind of just there as just a normie walking around, seeing it for the first time. And it was to see, um, Somebody that I knew beforehand, like she was in high school. Uh, her name is Becca Parts for a cosplayer. She was there dressed as Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And when I saw the reactions that these kids, when they saw their one of their favorite Disney princesses at this convention, it's kind of like, well, hey, this is really cool that people come here dressed up as these characters, and they're there to have their pictures taken with people because the excitement of Again, a little kid seeing like Spider-Man, Batman, Harley Quinn, um, what is it? There's like Halo and stuff that they're really into these days. And it's just to have that variety and that diversity of characters for kids to see without having to go spend an arm and a leg at somewhere like Disney World, not 
to diss them or anything, but mm -hmm. if you can't travel, mm -hmm. this is what I think is the best way that kids get to experience seeing their heroes in real life. So that's kind of where my spark, you know, ignited there. It's like, hey, I could do this. You know, I can find characters that I can kind of embrace the personality and really bring them out. Um, this year, I think the most fun I had was at Forest City. I was dressed as Harley Quinn. I didn't even get in the door yet. And this little girl came screaming, running up to me going, Harley! And it's like, okay, well, they're just prop checking my bat to make sure it's safe. And then I'll take a picture with you. And then I ended up being outside with a couple of friends and our buddy Sky was Batman. And he walked out of the convention like he you know, was doing that bat. So I just took it as, okay, and I started running away from him. Well, I didn't even know this little girl was coming outside and was witnessing this. And you just hear her yelling, run, Harley, run. And I did. I ran around and I ran away from the Batman. And once it all stopped, she came running up to me. And she's like, I'm so happy you got away from Batman. And it's like, that's why I love doing this. It's because it's making them have memories and it's almost like they're seeing their cartoons and their comic books brought to life. Mm -hmm. Cosplay is, gives people a chance to interact with the fandom like, like no other way that they can. You can't meet Harley Quinn. That's a fictional character, but they can meet you as Harley Quinn. It gives them access to the fandom they normally wouldn't have. <laughs> Brian saying, ha a normie. Now I know what to call myself at a con. Normie, straight, muggle. You're going to hear muggle a lot too. That's a mm -hmm. Harry Potter term. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Jeff, enjoy the next game tomorrow night. Yes, Chris, I absolutely will. It's already all been planned out. Uh, Misty Wiggs is saying there was a Polaroid booth with lots of backgrounds at Fan Expo this year. I thought it was a great oh, idea. The go. picture was crap, but we had much fun taking them anyway. I mean, that's, well, that go. seems, you know, sometimes par for the course. Uh, Dean saying Make-A-Wish has those pictures with machines. You can print them or they will email it to your phone. You just put your phone number in, on the pad very easy and does not oh, that's cool. to do. And that's what the the, the 360 uh, pads do as well. They've mm -hmm. usually got like a, a little thing you put in your email address and it emails you the video afterwards too. So yeah, it's yeah. a very good idea. Yeah, we're, we're brainstorming all kinds of different things for the for the booth yeah. uh, the next year, kids, depending on where we're going to go and what we're going to do. But what are some of the things you'd like to see more of at cons? Because I mean, like I said, you've been to cons for a long time you've been, you know 10 years into going to conventions now um for me i feel like they're becoming a lot of the same thing like every con seems to be the same thing now at least here in the like niagara region and the toronto area they all seem a little bit repetitive it's mm -hmm. like oh well that was there at this convention and now it's at this like it's the same stuff being kind of reused which i understand you know it's the vendors and things like that but it's also like the exhibits and the displays. It's like, you know, I feel like some of them are just lackluster or I'm not, you know, that fan base. Like I know you guys don't do the anime scene. Um, mm -hmm. I've gone to Anime North a few times. Uh, they did have like big giant Pokemon on display. So that was kind of really neat to see. But unless you're really into reading like the manga and stuff, panels and stuff like that for me are not really there. So it's kind of like, it, it's having the diversity of exhibits and stuff is what I would find would make it more interesting. And then like this year, Fan Expo, we have the cast of Scream, but we have no horror section. We've been replaced with a tattoo section. And it's kind of like, I get that you want to bring tattoos to the con, <sighs> but you know, what? why did we cut out such a big part of, you know, fandom just to have that there? Like not trying to diss it or anything, but it just kind of felt like, hey, Scream's a big deal. 
but we don't have any kind of horror section. No, it's funny. The dichotomy is we don't want the cons to all look the same and have the same stuff every time. But then as soon as we do change one major aspect of the con, we're all like, I can't believe you took that part out. That's here every single con. So it's like, it's it makes it tough because the cons themselves want to breed a certain level of familiarity because mm -hmm. that's what you're going back to the cons for. You want the cons to kind of feel similar. That's You're going partly for the vibe partly to see vendors and cosplay boosts and community boosts you see every time so that you build a rapport and you have that that environment that's very welcoming very comforting because you're used to it but at the same time you don't want to just see the same old schlep every single time so they're going to make changes but then if it's not the right kind of change we all kind of get up in the air so there's like it's kind of a bit of a catch-22 no i mean you're right i i i think the proper analogy is where Fan Expo used to be the con for everything. Now it's the con like everyone else. So before Fan Expo had a gaming section, it had a, the exhibitor section, it had a horror section, it had a, you know, it had all these different parts to the con that are, are slowly feeling like they're bleeding out. They're disappearing, it, yeah. Yeah, it's just becoming Toronto Comic Con V 2.5, you know? Which is and, funny because I feel like this year they kind of got back to that a little bit. Because they, they did a little bit. The yeah. huge Amazon Prime booth. They had the big, huge display from Paramount Plus. They had some of the bigger corporate booths that they didn't have yeah, they did in the previous years. Year. And I understand, too, from their perspective, it has to still be 90% a giant flea market because that's how the con perpetuates itself. Like, they make money by selling vendor booths and tickets. That's that's how they make money, right? So they have to sell a certain number of both of those things, tickets for people to get in and then vendor booths to, to vend at the show. But when it comes time to saying, well, we want different things, we want to change things. Well, to put new shit in, you've got to take old shit out. So what old shit would you like to sacrifice to put new shit in? clearly horror is not what we want to sacrifice so what do we sacrifice like a chunk of vendor booths we're not going to do that because that's going to cost the money not make the money so we got to take something else out do we take out a chunk of artist alley booths to bring in something new or different or exciting it's yeah, got to be like know. out with the old with the new like yeah, it, it's a tough know. thing right like megan avery saying over here we don't like change we don't but we kind of have to have it, right? Like the con mm -hmm. has to evolve and grow. And if it's just evolving and growing into a giant flea market, then it's not really evolving or growing anymore. Now it's just a, just a flea just market. A, just a giant mall of fucking Funko Pops and anime shit. Like, yeah. you know, I don't need to. I, like, I have to go to that con twice a year, Toronto and Fan Expo every year. I don't have to do that. Yeah. What's the point? So, and maybe they rotate out some of the corporate booths to make sure you're getting new and exciting stuff. But, they get investors, man. They're going to want to make as much money off these cons as possible. And the way to do that is to jam as many vendor boosts and artist alley boosts in as they can. So, yeah, I think, though, there is something to say about selling tickets. It's one thing to say we want to have a bunch of vendor booths because those vendors are paying out the ass to be there for the weekend. But if you actually have entertainment for the people, you're going to have people that are going to come back two and three days. Right. Right now, the only people that go there all four days are the cosplayers. Let's be honest. Nobody goes shopping there for four days. No. Right? No, of course not. Like, the normies don't you? go to Fan Expo for four days in a row. They go for the one afternoon, they check it out, they buy a couple things, and then they're done. But if there yeah. are more big exhibits, if there are more of those type of things, more interactivity, less trying to sell me garbage, and more things to do, 
I feel like now you're going to be doubling and tripling your ticket sales, right? And, and and Misty Wings is making a point. I feel like lots of booths sell the same things or show the same things so they can filter out and add some different stuff. That too. I think part of the problem with that that I'm finding though is that it's 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 based on what is selling though. That's remember when it was all yeah, Funko Pops fair. because yeah. everybody yeah. was buying Funko Pop. The the yeah. booths that are going to keep coming back are, are the booths that can afford to do that, and the booths that can afford to do that are the booths that make good sales, and yeah. the booths that make good sales are all mostly selling the same shit because yeah. that's what everybody's buying. The yeah. buying trends are going to dictate what vendors are going to be there year after year, and so you're going to see some shifts in what is going to be popular. But you're still going to see a bunch of that. How many fucking lightsaber booths were at fucking Toronto Comic Con and Fan Expo this year? A dozen of them, at least. They're all selling the exact same sabers. They're all buying them from the exact same source. And they're all basically selling them for the exact same price. But there's 12 different booths to get the same thing. How many different booths had anime shit? How many different booths had Funko Pops? How many different booths had... Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it does make it tough that we are sort of dictating what is going to be there. And at the same time, we're like, well, we're seeing the same shit over and over again. Well, that's because we're buying the same shit over and over again, guys. They're not going to expand and make things different unless we get them to do that. The only way we're going to get them to do that is you see that one weird booth with the weird shit that nobody's at, that nobody's buying stuff at. That's the booth you have to go hit to get them to come back. If you want to see more of that, Chris made a good point up there. You can't really buy maker stuff anymore at a lot of these anymore either. When no. you used to be able to buy foam and warbling stuff. Do you know why? Because we stopped buying that shit at the cons. And so they brought in vendors that were selling stuff at the cons. And those con those vendors weren't coming anymore because they weren't making enough money anymore. So it does still come down to us, guys. Like if you're a vendor and you're selling weird shit, you may have to spend $2,000 on a booth and you may have to eat that two grand the first year you go or only make 1500 back or just barely break even, but you still got to go back the next year. You've, you've got to establish a presence. You've got to get people to the booth. I think there is something to be said about, like if you're bringing me, like when we're talking about the maker stuff, like if you're bringing me new tools and new techniques and new materials and things like that every year, that's one thing. But if you're going there to sell me foam and contact cement, dude, I'm not, not you know, buy that at a con like right but then we can't complain that, that you can't buy that at a con anymore but that's what i'm saying right, right? like that's it makes no sense for those like and, and that's what i'm you know with, with lindy being at london comic-con she did she actually did great but when she showed up with that much stuff i was like oh my god like are like is she gonna sell that much stuff at on the con floor but that's still buy that much stuff on the con floor when it comes to warbler and foam and the problem is if she doesn't show up or those like the guy you're like i'm not buying foam and yeah cool so when he doesn't show up guess who shows up at his place someone's selling funko pops or someone's selling anime stuff like a yet another oh, vendor selling the exact same yeah. you know what i mean like it's still yeah. us dictating what's going to get there to buy so yeah uh, yeah Dean is saying it. I mean, and I couldn't agree more, Dean. Interactive activities is what we need to have, like building that community. We talk about this on the channel all the time. The problem is, is the only way to quantify that is with ticket sales, because obviously the 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 cosplay, the, the community booths cost the con money. They don't make any money because even if you are making money, you're doing it for a charity. So they have to justify that space somehow. And the only way they can do that is by somehow equating it to ticket sales. So we have to be able to show we're a draw. The 501st, clearly a draw. The Geeks & Co., obviously the best draw there is. It's You've <laughs> you've got to be able to quantify that on a, on a dollars and cents on a bottom line type of thing, right? So it's, 
I don't know, man. I'm sorry. Nat, weigh in on this. It's just two old white guys talking about this for no fucking reason like it usually well, is. Like, how do you feel about why, it? Um, I think with the having interactive things to do, that's why, again, it comes back to stuff like, well, maybe there's a mini game you could play at this booth and like you get to interact with, like certain things. Like, um, as Andrew and I were discussing with you guys after London, it's like, well, what if we did a bomb relay type thing? And just sort of ran no, around and passed the bomb that. off. So yeah, it's like yeah, that yeah. would get people to be like, well, what the heck is this about? Like, hey, let's go and check it out. And then they get to see how much fun everybody's having that they're like, well, hey, maybe we should have got in on this. And it would just be something to draw people in is to have fun things to do. Like, um, I'll be honest, being Harley Quinn, I would be up for being pied in the face just to have little kids pie their heroes and villains in the face. You know, I I think we've got to have a shark meetup. I I think we have to have a giant shark meetup of some kind. I mean, I really do. A shark meetup. We need to have a Sharknado for fucking sure. A hundred percent. Like any different version. Nat brings her jaws. (laughs) Mike brings his king shark. And we just figure out one of us is fucking left shark. Another person's left. Whatever. We need to have a Sharknado. I'm just saying. We just got his almost like the Wilro Hood run for the the, the uh, my Star Wars guys out there. We need to get okay. as many sharks okay. as we can. I don't care if you just wear a shark fucking like a Jaws T-shirt. We want to get oh, a huge shark meet up one day. Try to get as many sharks as we can in one area. Come with a big fin on your head. Come on, guys. We can make this happen for sure. I'm taking a note of this. You should absolutely, <laughs> yeah, Misty. Exactly what I'm saying. Uh, the the thing with interactive booths is they make memories during the con, and that's what you remember, not just walking around to buy shit. That's how yeah. you build community. That's like how the, you build the community. 360 booths, right? Like yes. those were like the first. Like, listen, at uh, uh the first. You guys were right them? directly across Toronto. from one yeah, at, uh, Toronto. Yeah, Toronto, Toronto Comic Con. Yep, that yep. was pandemonium at that booth all weekend people just freaking loved it because it was something that they could do it was a hundred percent free and they had something that they could keep as a memory after that in the form of a freaking 360 video you know what i mean so yeah the interactivity piece i think is is key and the more that they do the shooting stormtroopers with section cup bullets yes yeah that's Uh, the dance party that we had at the booth for lcc of course absolutely like yep Dude, I'll do a Katy Perry cosplay for the sharks. Perfect. Absolutely. Yes. The shark, a Sharknado, a Geeks and Co. Sharknado is fucking happening. Absolutely. Mark it on your I don't know where. Keep talking about it, bud. Keep talking about it. It'll happen. But it's it's going to happen for sure. Well, I mean, if we're gonna do it, might as well do it at Toronto Comic Con. I mean, that's Uh, that's what I would think personally. But so watch watch this space, guys. The Sharknado is going to happen. Shark I have a shark Nado costume. Perfect, Bob. Absolutely. Coming. We are doing it. Uh, Lindy Nado. is saying me in a costume. Yes. I mean, yeah, listen, we'll take you in any costume. Of course. Uh, I have no idea where there's a tattoo. Yeah. I have no idea why there's a tar- tattoo artist at Fan Expo. It's so random. Actually, there wasn't a tattoo artist. There was, was like two lanes. Tattoo artist there was alley. Like yeah. alley. Yeah. yeah. Tattoo alley. There was both yeah. sides. I think there was six or se- uh, six or seven of them. Um, <laughs> Andrew hitting us with the random facts. FYI, tomorrow, November 3rd, is Godzilla Day based on the release of his first film in 1954, 69 years old. Nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Happy birthday, nice. Godzi. Uh, for our geeks and nerds out there that have hung around this long, I'd also like to point out that season two of Invincible 
premieres tomorrow on Amazon. Oh, does Prime. it really? It does. I believe the first four episodes are dropping, and then the next four are coming out in a few months. So okay, so it won't be a weekly thing. It will not be a weekly thing. No, no. So, but yes, definitely check out Invincible. Yeah. Hopefully, my boy Omni Man makes a makes a return here in season two. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I haven't read the comic, so I don't know. But I, uh, I'm I definitely can't looking see forward him to not returning. So. That would be I, I would hope so. I would that definitely would be hope weird. So. Uh, guys, we've been on for <laughs> God, an hour and fifteen, ranting for seventy five minutes. Uh, <laughs> Natasha, anything you want to pitch? Any socials? This is your chance. Um. Well, if nobody's following me i am on instagram and i have like a facebook page um i go by canadian angel cosplay uh i really just do it for fun so it's like when you guys were announcing your planned theme days it's like well i was able to pick out characters to be and you know join in on the fun because again that's what it should be about is having fun making memories and so you know that's why it's like I started watching your guys' podcast and everything because it's like you became like a safe space for cosplayers to be at the con because it's not like you were just directly one theme. You had like a variety. So it's like, hey, I can go and, you know, meet all these different cosplayers from this fandom and then this fandom. Hey, like, Dean. Hey, Dean, are you listening to this? Yeah, like the rotating themes and stuff. It's not just a Spider-Man booth, Dean, you fuck. Please continue, Natasha. Well, like, that's the thing, right? Like, I don't watch Star Trek, but I've seen how many people you guys get to turn out for that. And I think it's just fantastic. And then, like, if you did, like, Game of Thrones and stuff like that, it's, like, it's neat to see the variety come through. Like, I'm not just saying themed booths that we do have, like, the Doctor Who or the 501st. But it's kind of, like, to have where you have the meetups of all these different fandoms on these different days it's like well then it's like something that you can like hey this is what i'm gonna go and check out at the con because this is something that i can be a part of mm. i just like to buzz so. balls about it it's all it's all good it's all good ignore me you're fine uh canadian angel cosplay and then that that dude of yours what what's it what's his uh what's his handle i, I never remember ill-gotten hugs ill-gotten hugs he is so a crazy talented crafter he like the things indeed. that he can put together, it's just out of this world. Like the fact that he goes on stilts for the Slender Man, it's like, how the heck do you figure this out? So, what kind of stilts does he use? Do you know? Uh, they're drywall stilts. Oh, they are, eh? That's, yeah. the, way, that's the way yeah. to go if you can, for yeah. sure. I heard they're now, they don't sell them in Canada anymore. I don't know if that's true or not, but. I'm uh, not I sure. Know. I didn't I, even I, know I they were something you could just walk in the store and buy. <laughs> they yeah, are, I, in fact, something you can just walk in yeah, the store and buy. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I don't. I've don't... seen guys use them to do drywall, and now they're being used in cosplay for sure. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Can't wait for uh, things in the future, says Megan Avery. Me too. JS, why don't you get us out of here? Yeah, I mean, uh, what quickly here, William Mandler saying the horror part of Fan Expo split from Rogue Moore. Ru <sighs> I think it's supposed to be. Ru I don't know what it's supposed to be. <laughs> Sorry about the spelling. Yeah, I can't remember what it's actually supposed to be now. Uh, but they parted ways. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, okay, yeah, so, so more horror fan expo. All right, well, Rue Morg. I think it's Rue Morg. I think it's anyway. Whatever it's supposed right. to be. It's a magazine. Sure. Um, I didn't know they were partnered with Fan Expo and that they had split ways. So that makes sense then that they would have taken the whole horror part out of the show. Yeah, I didn't know sure. that. Rue Morg. There you go. There you go. Thank you, oh, Ali. Rue Morgue. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff, what about you? 
Uh, yeah, just just the Geeky Holiday Market, November 26th, guys. I believe tickets in advance are only $6.50. So oh, wow. if you're looking to pick up uh, uh, some last-minute gifts, I should say last minute. It's like a, a month before Christmas. But if you're looking to pick up some geeky-themed gifts, uh, there's a lot of vendors there that, that hand-make stuff. Some friends of the podcast, like Brittany uh, with her Fox Flare, um, uh, other people that I'm completely forgetting off the top of my head right now. So come check that out. It's in London, November 26th. I think it starts at 11.30 in the morning, goes till 5. It's only $6.50 to get in. Um, and I know the vendor spaces are all sold out. So it's going to be at Centennial Hall downtown. I will be out for that. There's some rumblings for some other things, but I mean, right now I've not committed to anything. I've got to, I've got to slow down, man. I got to take a break. You I'm do. Tired. You do. So I've you still do. got some work to do on the film that we're filming. We've got some more filming to do on that. Um, so that's going to be kind of off and on in the off season. And then of course, working on the cosplay stuff. I realized today talking to JS, I have five cosplays I'm working on in the off season because I'm an idiot. Will all five of those get done? Probably not, but at least three of them are absolutely going to get done because they've already been started and money's changed. Well, one has to so, has to has yeah, to no, get done 100%, 100%. Well, i mean as far as i'm concerned you're going to be the showcase of no no that's still Ronald you guys. no uh well we'll see how it goes <laughs> we'll Comic-Con. see when we can get in there we'll what's we'll, yes you know? yeah what's your theme for london geek well it's only we're not doing it as a group uh, like i'm certainly going to be there uh I, you know what I might just go as a muggle. I, I don't really have a Christmas theme cosplay. And I don't know that I'm gonna Christmas mm-hmm. one up. I might just show up as this idiot. So we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll find a really ugly Christmas sweater. Your Christmas zombie Negan was pretty dope. I'll say Thanks, that. man. No, I appreciate that, that. But that's where uh that's too much work. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I think we're gonna uh, try to come up with whatever our meetup themes or theme days are going to be for the cons for next year soon i think we're better to figure out what those themes are and it'll help people be able to get in on um well on all of them if they want to right the sooner in advance people know the more chance they have to get in on them yeah of course um i do think that is gonna be it for this week though any parting words no well then you make sure you stay geeky everybody (laughs) We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Geek Geek Podcast. Like always, if you prefer to listen to us, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Now make sure you don't forget to click that like and subscribe button as well as the notification bell to make sure you never miss anything.